we are back on Tarot Heroes podcast. And this episode, we are going to talk about the hanged man, which has kind of an intimidating sounding name, but it may not be exactly what you think it may mean. And joining us today, I have the author Nikki Van Dekar, who is here to talk about First of all, how I discovered her, which was the Junior Terror Readers Handbook. And she also has plenty of other works out there for us to delve into. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, of course. It's such a fun thing that you're doing and really interesting to do like a deep dive into each individual card. It's something that I think about a lot, actually. Oh, yeah, we do. We do tend to deep dive. And we also, you know, we try to start with the basics <laughs> for our beginners out there. I've already had a comment recently, just before I recorded this, that somebody is using this podcast to learn tarot, which, yay, <laughs> that's what I want. But I want to talk about you before we delve into The Hanged Man. I know that you write tarot books. Are you a big practitioner of tarot as well? I kind of come and go with it, to be honest. It mm -hmm. um, it depends on... I, it's a part of my sort of magical spiritual practice, but it comes and goes depending on what I need. So if I'm feeling very uneasy or uncertain or just like I need a little more support, I'll turn to tarot more frequently. And that can look like, you know, pulling a daily card, doing a quick like three card reading, or often when I find myself like really drawn to tarot um, is when I'm really struggling with something. And then I'll do like a more complex reading and uh, just kind of see what it tells me. And it's something that you can sort of leave and come back to. And it's always there. That's what I like about yeah. tarot. I should clarify, you don't just do tarot related books. You have, so the book that I found you from, which we will talk about later, is called the Junior Tarot Reader's Handbook. And I just thought it was so cute. The idea of tarot for young people. And I had on the High Priestess episode, I had on Teresa Reed, and she has tarot for kids. And then yours is even a different age group. This is for young people, mm -hmm. maybe not uh, super young kids, but getting a little older, getting ready to get even deeper into the cards. Yeah, like 12 and 13 around there. Yeah. yeah. The messages are still gentle, more gentle, and they're written in ways that are easier to grasp, which I love. And it's part of a series because you sort of have all things witchy. There's a junior astrology reader's handbook and I think magic. Junior witch. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, there's practical magic for kids. There's a junior witch's handbook. And I have a book uh, for kids coming out later this year called The Young Witch's Guide to Living Magically. Um, and that's sort of a lot of like hands-on stuff. Like they make their own potions and lotions and just kind of like the everyday witch life. I love that. That is so fun. And what leads you to the four kids aspect of witchy stuff? Well, I have a kid. <laughs> and so that yeah. was a really big part of it. And my kid has always been very into, you know, just kind of witchy things. And so they're kind of older now. They are reading more of my older books. But when I was writing these and when I am writing these, I was thinking about, you know, the ways that I could help younger kids. Because when I was little, I was super into witchy stuff. And I kind of got away from it as an adult and then got back to it. So when I think back to what my younger self would have wanted, I would have wanted something that helped me do it, you know, have a witchy practice 
that did fit into a kid's life. And that wasn't really something that was available when I was growing up. You know, if it was something witchy, it was, you know, it was fiction, or it was a little weird, and my parents weren't going to be into it. So I wanted to kind of demystify it and like, make it a little more gentle and accessible. Right. And it's becoming a little collection now that interested kids can get into and sort of go from one book to the other. And it's so good to have a variety of perspectives to learn about tarot from. And even like your book, the Junior Tarot Reader's Handbook, I read that. I have it and look through that. And it's so nice to see different sort of perspectives or ways of looking at the cards. Yeah, my relationship with the cards is a very practical one. I I always say that they're just pieces of paper with pretty pictures on them. And that that's, I mean, I take care of my cards. I keep them in a special bag and they're by my bed and everything. But that's because I've decided to give them meaning. They don't tell us anything we don't already know. When I'm doing a reading for myself, I'm like, okay, all right. Yep. (laughs) That sounds right. Or okay, thanks. Great, right? Like, this is really important. It's a little off topic. But I frequently ask for a clarifying card. So if I'm doing a spread and something I'm like, I don't get that. Is that really what I want? You know, is that is that really what you're trying to tell me? I don't understand the context there. I'll pull another card and just be like, can you explain this a little more? Mm -hmm. And my kid laughs at me just being like, I'm sorry, are you just pulling the card until you get the card you want? And I'm like, no. <laughs> okay, how old is your kid? <laughs> 13. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep, sounds it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I, I'm i just asking more questions. I believe in asking questions. But yeah, there. I mean, there's an element to that. But sometimes I've kept pulling cards and been like, okay, okay, you're really telling me that's not gonna, that's not what it's gonna be. All right. (laughs) I just keep getting more kind of no, no, dear. That's not how it's gonna be cards. Yeah, I'm the same way. And clarification cards can, they're good for if I feel really stuck. And if anyone listening, if you're new to tarot, if you feel really stuck, I like to shuffle again, really shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Okay, can you clarify, you know, <laughs> and then pull another card. Sometimes I've found that if I do pull more cards right off the bat, I'll get more confused. Oh, wow. And so especially if you're first learning tarot, just doing a one card pull can be enough. And then if you're stuck with that, then maybe pull a clarifier, you know. Yeah. That's what I found, at least from a beginner standpoint. Yeah, figuring out the more complicated spreads and how the cards react to each other and, you know, what they might all mean together. It's a lot. It, it's better to kind of really get to know the cards and what they mean to you specifically, because each card has like these agreed upon meanings. But I find that with, and actually this can vary from deck to deck, that I find myself represented in like a specific deck in the Empress card, but in another deck, I'll see myself more in the Queen of Cups. Mm-hmm. And it's about getting to know your deck and your relationship to it. That's another important thing because different decks have different styles and you connect one more than others. Yeah, it's good to get different viewpoints from different cards. Do you have any advice for beginners? I mean, the practical advice of like really forming a relationship with your deck and getting to know the, you know, whatever the book says, the agreed upon meanings, knowing, of course, and speaking as somebody who has written (laughs) a book about tarot and written a deck, 
they're still personal to that writer. There's no way to divorce that writer's take. We are humans and we have our own opinions. And so you can read this book, but don't, and I'm, you know, including mine, don't view it as a gospel, as like, oh, well, that's what that card means. If your instincts start to tell you this means something different, then that's what that means. It means that card will mean what you think it means. I agree with that for sure. Well, you know, with time, you start to develop your own relationship with the cards anyway. So that just grows with time. Let's talk a little bit about the hanged man. That's a good example of a card that can mean different things to everybody. Oh, for sure. It sounds really bad, (laughs) right? You have this (laughs) image of like somebody swinging from a tree and it is that, but it's not you know, in sort of, you know, the criminal who's died or something. Right. Are you familiar with the legend of the Norse god Odin? No. Okay. So if you know him from like Marvel movies, he's, you know, the father of Thor and Loki. And uh, in the Marvel movies, he's kind of a weirdo. He's all Norse um, (laughs) mythology is full of a lot more weird things than that even. So, (laughs) (laughs) but So Odin, like all Norse gods, is a complicated figure. But in this instance, he went to, I'm going to say it wrong, Yggdrasil, Mm -hmm. which is the world tree. So you can think of it as kind of the branches of the universe and different, you know, forms of reality, just kind of the webbing that holds it together in a tree. And so it's got the canopy above and the roots below. And he went to that tree, sometimes said to be an ash tree, and he hung himself upside down, uh, which is why on the card, He's always depicted hanging from one foot, like with a rope, and then the other foot. Sometimes, you know, in the um, sort of original deck, it's kind of like Jesus. There's some nails through the feet and the hands. It's not my favorite. Right, me either. <laughs> um, but Odin, you know, hung upside down for was either seven days and nights or nine days and nights. I think it was nine, actually. Those are both very magical numbers, of course. And at the end of it, he had gained a deep wisdom. And so that's what I think of when I pull the hanged man. I'm like, okay, I am going to go through something. And this is important. I'm going to make the choice to go through something. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like the tower where like, oh, God, everything's going up in flames. I don't have any control over this situation. I just need to release it. And the hanged man, I am making a decision to put myself through something very difficult knowing what I will receive on the other side will be very important to me. And that's what I love about this card is like, you can draw it. And for me, it's a decision whenever I pull it up. I'm like, okay, I've got my hanged man card. Do I want to make that choice? You know, or do I want to leave it for another day? Usually when I pull the hanged card, I'm like, all right, I know what I have to do. You know, Mm -hmm. let me buckle up (laughs) and get myself in a position where I can put myself through that. But it is, it's a decision. It's it. There's a sense of agency in The Hanged Man where we can put ourselves through this. It's not something that's being done to us. We're not anybody's victim. Right. And if you were to think of The Hanged Man in terms of more keyword style, which we could, <laughs> sure. I am going to bring out your book in a second. Yeah. We could look at that. What are some words that pop out to you when you think of The Hanged Man? Sacrifice, self-knowledge, and 
like spiritual knowledge as well, like learning to see what has, you know, been hidden. Earlier, you said that when you see the hanged man in a reading, you say, okay, I know what I need to do. And that's funny because when I draw the hanged man, I'm not like, okay, I know what I need to do. (laughs) I'm like, hmm, this is going to take some time for me to mull over because Mm. I don't have an immediate gut reaction like you to that card. I'm like, this is going to take some time for me to understand. I know it has to do with sort of, it's kind of like an enlightenment or even just seeing things in a different perspective. Like you said earlier, it's a very multifaceted card. So it, it means a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. And it, again, it means a lot of things to different people. And I think I think mine is just because I have like such a specific folkloric connection with it that where I'm like, okay, all right, I know what that is. It's big. It's a big deal. Um, so I'm not like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing today. Like yeah. I know that it's going to be a journey. <laughs> I get it. Yes. Yeah. Not going to be easy. It's not That's like just get up and get easy. started. Yeah. I feel that. For sure. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you you know that there will be an end to it. You know that you're going to come out on the other side of it, you know, with something valuable. Right. And in many versions, including the Rider-Waite-Smith version and in your own version, the hanged person, which, by the way, I know you already said this, they're hanging by their foot. <laughs> they're not, yeah. in a, in a, they're not <laughs> they're being executed. They're hanging by their foot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This person typically has sort of a halo behind their head. What does that mm-hmm. mean to you? I think it, for me, that halo kind of represents enlightenment, you know, just receiving something like I don't have a specific religious connotation with it or anything. And instead to me, it just kind of seems like, you know, you're upside down, your brain is filling (laughs) with blood. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you know, symbolic knowledge. Yes, agreed. And again, the word enlightenment comes to me with this one, Mm -hmm. only because I think that's sort of where the hanged figure will eventually be after this prolonged period of time, like you said. Yeah, because it's impossible to to view this card without some like Jesus connotations. (laughs) I think, you know, we got the arms are widespread and even though it's upside down, it's like there's still in the original illustrations, there are nails. It's very violent. I don't have nails in the kids once. (laughs) No. (laughs) It looks pretty jaunty. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But yeah, I just, it does feel like sacrificing something so that you can gain something else. And, you know, I'm trying to think of times when it's turned up in my life and it's, it's more been when I've pulled the hanged man, it's more been sacrificing or letting go of a deeply held view, for instance, a prejudice frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, we we all have these ingrained, you know, societal beliefs about, you know, our own privilege or, you know, whatever. And and so when the hangman has occurred to me, it's like when I've like, it's still a process, but when I've worked through my own like anti-racist things, I've had to let go of some of my own, you know, defensiveness around that. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty painful process, right? Like as we, as we struggle with that, we have to do some self-examination and that never, you know, doesn't always feel very good. Yeah. So that's like a really good example to me of the kind of enlightenment we're talking about with the hangman. It's more just like a clarity in seeing the world. And that can be applied to all of life's things, big and small. So yeah, it might come up in a just an everyday 
how do I choose what color I should dye my hair next? You know, (laughs) (laughs) it can be, it can be small things. It can be really big things. Have you over time from when you started to learn tarot to now gotten a more personal association with this card when you see this card? For sure. So I got to tarot in a pretty silly way, actually. I really loved this book series, The Raven Cycle by Maggie Stiefvater. And uh, she actually illustrated a raven tarot and tarot featured pretty heavily in those books. And I knew about it, but I hadn't ever really explored it at all. And so when she did this, I was like, I'm going to get that. But I thought of buying it more like merch (laughs) in a way. Right. I get it. And then I started working with these cards. And so her deck was the one that really introduced me to tarot. And as with any, you know, when you're starting with tarot, you start with the writer's meanings and the writer's Mm -hmm. associations. And as my practice has shifted and as I've worked with different decks, I've come to have a different perspective. And honestly, at this point, I can't really remember what her perspective was, you know, because it's it's all now just like what mine is. But like, I don't have super negative associations with any of the cards. Like, okay. yeah, if death comes up or the tower comes up, I'm like, woof, here we go. But I'm not devastated if they turn up. I'm the same way that with the Three of Swords. A lot of yeah. people are scared of the Three of Swords. And I always say, you know, the Three of Swords pain is actually temporary. You know, it's not a life, major life moment. It's a short heartbreak. Yeah. And we all have those. Yes. And it's, it sounds like you've got a perspective like that for all of the negative cards too, which is great. Yeah, I do. I think that's the other really important thing. If I'm doing a reading, it is a reading for me in that moment at that time. If I did the reading tomorrow, it might be totally different. Right. (laughs) Because I've changed. So if I'm looking at those, I'm like, okay, all right, that's a, that's a helpful perspective right now, but it's not set in stone. They are still just pieces of paper giving me information. I am putting my own interpretation on them and applying them to my own life. So we're always in conversation with the cards. Exactly. If you came across the hangman in reverse, what does that say to you? So I'll be honest, I give reversals in my book and and the deck, uh, but I don't typically use them when I'm doing my own readings. I find, frankly, that tarot is complicated enough without giving each card multiple readings, (laughs) multiple interpretations. So I don't necessarily do a reversal. However, you know, if I'm thinking about it, when I see a reversed hangman, I don't think of it as the opposite. I don't think of it like, okay, I've got nothing to learn now and everything's going to be great because that's (laughs) never the case. (laughs) I'm more like, all right, you know, maybe I have something to share. Maybe the labor is over. Those are some things. Maybe I'm coming out on the other side of a learning journey. That's kind of what reversals mean to me. They don't mean the exact opposite. They more mean like, what's what's a little slant on this? Right. And I love your what you wrote in the Junior Terror Readers Handbook. It says, the upside down hanged man is technically right side up, but he still has a different perspective. Maybe you two need to change the way you are looking at things, which is such a fun way to remember that. You still yeah. may need to change our perspective, even though it looks like we're right side up. We always need to look at different points of view. Exactly. And another thing I really love about the section of this book for the hangman is the bullet points where it says what this card can mean. And it says to literally hang in there. 
be patient and you know it will be over soon. That's one of the one of the explanations you get for this card. Yeah, for um, sure. It's just a fun book. I recommend it, guys. If you haven't noticed, I do recommend this book, even for any age. Sometimes it's nice to just get like the more youthful perspective on a card too. Yeah, I mean, they definitely apply. I mean, sometimes I'm talking about like school or parents and, and that kind of thing. And that may not, you know, be most of us are still, de- you know, dealing with our parents. <laughs> yes. For better or worse. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's just kind of a just a very matter of fact. I didn't try to dumb down the meanings or, you know, make them, you know, any less meaningful just because, you know, the intended reader is younger it's, I mean, I honestly try to never do that. It's just a different way of framing it so that it applies a little more to their lives. Well, if it's okay with you, I would love to talk about your favorite Hanged Man cards in any deck. So tell me about the Raven Tarot. Is that what it's called? It is. It's called the Raven Tarot. Um, So it's actually got a bird. Yeah. (laughs) It has the raven hanging upside down like a bat, Um, actually with two claws on the branch. There's no halo. And the bird just, it just looks a little confused. (laughs) It looks like, what is going to happen to me now? I am not sure about this situation. Uh And that doesn't exactly fit in with my interpretation of the card, but at the same time it does, because when we're going through that process, we don't actually know what we're going to receive on the other side, you know, when we're right side up again and, you know, whatever enlightenment is going to come, we don't know it yet. So while we're in it, while we're kind of hanging there and trying to figure out, you know, our way through, it can be quite confusing and pretty Mm -hmm. unpleasant so yeah this bird is just kind of going oh no (laughs) yes and i've never seen that deck before i'll have to look into it more there are so many decks out there oh my goodness I know so many and I'm collecting more now since I've started this podcast because every episode I talk about what my favorite version of that card is in any deck and I keep naming the same one. So I'm trying to expand. So that sounds like that's her deck though. (laughs) I know it's like the same three or four ones. I just love the art style, but I am trying to diversify. And this episode, I brought one that I don't think I've talked about yet on the podcast. It's called Tarot of the Golden Wheel. I might've mentioned it once and it's Slavic folktales. And the cards have a different story, a different telling of the Rider-Waite-Smith. And there's a lot of folklore associated with these. And for this card, it is a diver who has gone under the water and he's become tangled in, it looks like a fishing line and there's a fish there. So he's diving down deeper and deeper and he sort of has this light growing brighter as he goes. And according to the explanation in the book, he's falling down into an abyss and he feels ready to surrender. He feels close to death under this water but he begins dreaming of how to get out and sort of through perspective, he manages to escape to the surface. And the lesson is if you can tear the bonds, the trial will be a lesson in life. And yeah, it's just really beautiful artwork, very soft colors. And as I said, this deck would be more advanced for tarot readers because it's a totally different spin on the Rider-Waite-Smith, every card. And um, they're associated with specific folk tales that I don't know much about. But that's my card that I brought. 
And then your card. Now, a lot of these pictures are super similar. They stick close to Rider Waite Smith, but they're just softer mm-hmm. and sort of easier on the eyes and easier to digest. Yeah. My publisher hires the illustrator, you know, but I worked with them, you know, like, how does this fit with the meaning? And, you know, we had a whole journey. The cups in the deck are actually teacups because we decided that was um, yes more appropriate and fun. So yeah, the colors are softer, the ages are, and genders typically, although that can vary. Um, There are a lot of like female knights, which I think is fun, and female king. Mm -hmm. The hanged man just seems to be sort of like doing a dance step. (laughs) Like it's a little bit of a river dance situation. They've got their hands crossed behind their back and, you know, one foot is tied up in the tree and then the other foot is kind of crossed behind, kind of like they're skipping upside down. We didn't want to do anything too upsetting, obviously, for kids. But the face is not smiling. The eyes are closed. And so it's it's almost sort of like an upside down uh, tree pose for yoga. So where you've got like one knee up and everything and like you're balancing. This is more like this figure is in a tree pose meditating, sort of receiving from whatever the world has to offer them. And it looks to me almost like a ballerina doing a pirouette Mm -hmm, upside down. I definitely get the dancer (laughs) aspect here. Yeah, it's very graceful. And they, they don't appear to be in any pain. So another really cute and interesting version. And I didn't say this before, but your deck is definitely a Rider Waite Smith baby. So anybody who's following along on this podcast or studying doing the Rider Waite Smith will already be familiar with the images. Absolutely. Okay, I have a little challenge for you. Sure. If you want. Now, guys, I was really bad. I didn't send Nikki the notes before we recorded. I just neglected to do so. And I always do that. So she probably doesn't know about our backwards tarot reading. And this is a tarot reading when you are going to be my pretend tarot reader. I'm your pretend client. You already have the answer to the question I'm going to ask you. The answer will be hanged man. Okay. And then I'm going to draw a question from this jar, which is full of life's everyday scenarios or typical questions that a tarot reader would get asked. And you're going to tell me how you would answer this question with the hanged man is the answer. Okay. All right. Okay. So I just drew a question from the jar. How can I improve my working relationships with the coworkers at my job? Oh, well, the hangman is pretty good for that. You know, if I think back to when I've had challenges in working relationships, it's frequently been because I was kind of caught up in my own interpretation of events and like also in my own stuff, you know, we're, we're working with other people and we're like, why didn't you get that done? You know, or why didn't you let me know this thing? Or I asked for this however long ago. And we don't think about the other factors, even though we're very aware of our own other factors. Like, I can't believe I have to do this. Don't they know that I need to go pick up my kid or, you know, Mm -hmm. deal with this thing or that thing. And, you know, they're, they're not being considerate. I've been guilty of this many a time not like thinking about the other side and the other perspective. Um, And I think that's where the hangman can really come in and like 
tells you, okay, if you want to make things better here, you need to take some time and sit with yourself and sit with the ways in which your perspective has been very limited. If I were to draw the hangman with that question, I would be like, okay, this is on me. This is not them. This Mm -hmm. is me. (laughs) I am the problem right here. (laughs) And like, all right. Like, and that's kind of what I mean when I draw the hangman. I'm like, okay, here I go. You know, like I'm going to go sit with this. I'm going to think about like, what are the ways in which I've been contributing to this problem? What are the ways in which I haven't thought about what, you know, somebody else might be experiencing and the other factors that might be at play here? Oh, that was quick. (laughs) That was great. I love the part when you said, I'm the problem because yeah. it reminds me of a certain Taylor Swift song, which I've been hearing all the time lately where she says, I'm the problem. I think I'm going to associate that song with this card with for a, a bit now. Yeah, for sure. The sudden realization that I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you. Thank you for playing along with my little, my backwards tarot cool. reading. That's fun. It was, yeah, that was excellent. I would love to talk about what's new and what's next for you as far as your projects, because you already have a stack of writing credits on (laughs) Amazon and you still have more stuff coming out. I do. I have a book coming out next month called Shadow Magic, and it's, um, it's for adults. It is a deeper dive for me into sort of the more challenging aspects of the self, really, not to, not really of magic. So it's called shadow magic because it's looking at the, the parts of ourselves, Carl Jung's The Shadow, that we don't tend to want to examine all that closely, you know, our anger, our jealousy, you know, all of that. But, you know, appropriately for the hangman, self-knowledge is the path to enlightenment and happiness. And so I, I talk about how the shadow is actually also the source of our creativity, our intuition, just like you're doing a moon reading, that's kind of where the shadow lives, right? In the, mm-hmm. you're not really aware of it, it's kind of amorphous, but it's definitely there. So I, you know, in the book, we cover a lot about the moon and uh, different ways to get in touch with your intuition and your creativity and also like work on self-acceptance, self-knowledge and self-care um, and and true self-love, which does include loving the parts of ourselves that maybe we're not always so happy with. So yeah, it was a really interesting and challenging book to write because it was kind of going deeper into the things that I really believe. A lot of my books are sort of like guides and primers on like, here's how to, you know, maybe incorporate a bit more magic into your life. And Shadow Magic is a more personal book in that this kind of work is really important to me. And I wanted to kind of share how I've gotten myself to a more, (laughs) more accepting, a self-accepting person. I think it's a lifelong journey, but yeah. That sounds really interesting. I can't wait to see more about that, what you post. Yeah. And you also right now have a new release. Am I imagining that? Yeah. I had a book come out in April called Ritual. And that is about the different rituals that we have all around the world celebrating nature and the ways that they echo one another. And, you know, like Mexico's Day of the Dead versus our Halloween versus, you know, 
older pagan celebrations of Samhain. So all of that kind of interplay in the ways that we actually are more connected than we might think. I conceived of the book during COVID when I was feeling the ways in which we were all very separated and yet all, you know, globally having a shared experience. And I kind of wanted to explore that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your works and your knowledge with us. I'm so thrilled to talk about the person behind the things that I look at and use. And so it's been so awesome talking to you. Where can people find you online? Yeah, um, I'm at NikkiVandicar.com or I'm pretty um, frequently on Instagram, just at NikkiVandicar. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And I got a really great lesson today about the hangman, which I will (laughs) take with me. And I hope others listening can do that too. Thank you guys for listening. And I hope you all have a great day. Thank you. Bye.